everyone, and welcome back to the Bartender's Choice podcast, together with me, Jacob Sandin, and also in the studio, as usual, my co-host, Michael Bergstrom. How are you? I'm good. <clears throat> Sorry, I just had a zip of my coffee. Uh, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. You? I'm excellent. Uh, I, I was a bit frustrated two minutes ago, uh, depending on the, the technical difficulties we had, but we're running now so no problems that can't be fixed we're super happy to be back this is actually the last episode of our uh, i don't know what we should call this the nominations series or the bca category series i mean we've released episodes for for all of uh, the categories for this year's spartan choice awards which actually also takes place this sunday december 6th uh, of course, this year will be a digital version, so please tune in through Facebook Live. Uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun, hopefully. And uh, once again, congratulations to all the nominees. And it's going to be super interesting to see who wins. When? It's 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, Central European time, which means 9 o'clock p.m. in Finland. And as far as I'm concerned, Norway, Denmark, and Sweden is in the same time zone. So that's 8 p.m. Central European time. Iceland, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm guessing 6 p.m. On December the 6th. This Sunday coming up. Yeah. Cool. Facebook Live, Bartender Choice Awards. I'm super excited. Anyways, <laughs> this is, uh, as I mentioned, the last episode. We're going to focus today on the best cocktail menus. And uh, today's episode is presented by Royal Bliss Premium Mixers. So I want to start by saying thank you, Royal Bliss, for making Bartender Choice Awards possible and for the continued support of the Nordic bar scene. Okay, Michael. Yes. What is Jacob. the world's best cocktail menu best cocktail i mean in this episode first we're not gonna uh, find out exactly which one is the best menu but we're going to talk about menu and what makes a great menu and with that i want to say that it's so many factors that makes a good or great menu right yeah i guess it's is there even such a thing as the world's best menu? It's hard to say since there's hard. so I many. Mean, yeah, there's so many different tastes and concepts and, and ideas that are you know great. I mean, it, it all depends. I mean, there's so many. Oh, what, what, what's really good about BCA is that we uh, we hand out the award every year for the best menu in each country: uh, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Finland and Iceland, and we have a big jury group in each country. Yeah, it's only that one nominates. way of finding out, asking them. Exactly. So they nominate and they vote. So therefore, uh, we we can crown winners every yes. year. But, um, well, but what I do think, though, is what great, uh, makes a great menu is uh, if the venue with its uh, identity and, and uh, goals, as I think uh, Joaquin Simon once said, uh, if if you have those very clear and you understand your concept in your neighborhood and and uh, and the venue and and uh, you kind of filter into the menu that makes completely sense, uh, that's what I like when when the menu kind of plays along with the rest of the menu and the service and etc. and the concept. Yeah, very true. And uh, I mean, since the the entire topic for day for today is uh, about lists, and you know how much I love lists, I thought we can start briefly 
about you know uh, talking about various types of cocktail menus and drinks list and i just want to mention quickly a few variations of lists that i've picked up just from the top of my head so jacob's list on menus yeah jacob's list on lists (laughs) (laughs) and i think we're we're gonna touch upon a few of these more you know throughout the episode but this is on top of my head the different types of lists the first one is the no list list, <laughs> a.k.a. the bartender's choice, you know, the verbal list. You're such a verbalist, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> and then we have the the something to browse through when waiting for a friend's list list. <laughs> you know, those beautiful, they're beautiful pictures or illustrations. It's just great to, to sit and browse through and just you know that's why i love tiki menus exactly we're gonna get into that later but Mm -hmm. you know they're often visualized beautiful with the the drinks and the 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 way they're served since today not many bars i mean have newspapers etc anymore so sometimes it could be good if you're waiting for a friend to just sit and and browse through that okay and then we have the the cocktail book list and i think we're gonna have a, a couple of examples of that later but actually like hard cover printed you know books which are the actual drinks menu? Yeah, the, the five-hour visits. Mm-hmm. We have the uh, digital list list, <laughs> um, the classics list list, <laughs> which could also be transformed into the house classics list list, or the classics that comes after the signature cocktail list exactly let's not just go too deep into that again (laughs) Uh, and then we have the the cocktail films to build hype for a drinks list now we're talking social media sort of yeah and then the the insert menu list within the cocktail menu the drive-by list (laughs) exactly (laughs) the i'll have this one while i'm thinking about what i want to drink isn't always a, a beer and a shot or Ah, you mentioned Joaquin Simo. His uh, to-go cocktail is the daiquiri while he's deciding. So, uh, oh yeah, that's true. We we talked about that before. Yeah. Speaking of menus, let's uh, break it down. Break it down. Okay. Uh, I, I guess it all kind of comes down to uh, your budget. Yeah. Uh, How much you want to spend and. There's a, a couple of other aspects. I mean, sometimes you have brands that will pay for parts of the menu or be in the menu, pay for glassware, etc. Uh, and in another case, let's see, like the Dead Rabbits, they probably can't calculate it in the fact that they're selling their menu as well. Oh, yeah, very true. To kind of count that money uh, spent back into <laughs> what do you call that return of investment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I would say... Uh, there's many aspects, of course, uh, as we mentioned before, but you have the, the vil- visual uh, aspect, the illustrations, the design, the cover, the material. Uh, then you have the full concepts. Then, of course, the drinks. And uh, on top of that, you have glassware and presentations, how you present the drinks. Uh, I mean, Artesium, everybody knows Artesium spent a fortune, or they maybe didn't, but, you know, brands... Uh, shipped in or you know uh, paid the the spectacular way oh, the vessels and 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 glassware uh, that their drink were served in uh, i mean we we had a, a bunch of we had most of the drinks there and and uh, <laughs> i mean it was a spectacular uh, uh, 
uh, experience. Uh, I know Paradiso in uh, Barcelona, for instance, they, they do spectacular uh, um, presentations as well. I had a rum, old-fashioned-ish drink uh, that came out in a big cask. Uh, <laughs> or a chest, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like a pirate's chest. Yeah, like a pirate's chest uh, that opened up and smoke came out, and uh, there was garnishes all around. It was like a rainforest in that chest, and then the the drink was in the middle. I mean, that must have cost a fortune, for instance. I know Grand Hotel here in Sweden. Uh, they have a beautiful drink called a whiskey pinne, which means whiskey on a branch. Uh, where they have sourced branches and kind of molded. Uh, Rocks a rocks glass over the the branch or the different branches, so it's a, a very unique uh, kind of server because they have each glass is molded um, uh, uniquely into that particular branch. Yeah, that, and then do, exactly. do they do this old fashioned style of drink, which and is they're uh, also nominated for a best signature cocktail. Oh, they are of course uh, uh, in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So all of that, of course. Uh, what else? Let's just dig down and, and yeah, let's have a look at. Some of the more serious, ambitious, you know, menus that caught our attention over the years. Uh, let's just mention a few. And I guess if we if we go back, you uh, mentioned Lab. Uh, yeah, I just want to talk shortly about Lab because that was the the drink menu <laughs> at our late late nineties, early two thousand. That was the Bible. Uh, I actually have one in my hand here right now, and it's we, we mentioned before it contained uh, approximately 165 drinks. I think somebody counted it to, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot. Uh, and you wonder how they the, the bartenders actually remember all the drinks. And I I, I can't just imagine the the setup. Mm. I know at, like at that that rabbit in New York, the setup was. Massive, <laughs> yeah, and with prep. all the with but all the sheet, sheet, yeah. sheeter bottles, yeah, etc. Exactly, on the exactly. bar top, to to, and they actually to uh, today they have uh, iPads installed inside the bar for the bartenders with okay. all, with the whole to drink help menu. Them out oh, yeah, with the bit. whole drink menu. All right, to just if if you like, uh, don't remember something. That's also a very smart way of like let's say let's say there's uh, a guest coming into the bar, uh, perhaps visited, you know. A couple of years back and they're like oh i was blown away with this drink i had it three years ago and of course if your drink menu has changed over the years mm-hmm. it's really good if you can just go back in that catalog and like yeah, replicate yeah. the drink uh to, to keep uh, track of those you know old house cocktails the, you've had the, previously the archives yeah. yeah yeah that's actually smart but i remember when i started bartending yeah of course we had our sheet there like sheet notes as well that were attached to under underneath the bar top on our side at the workstation. Mm. You, you broke your back every time you're looking for for the specs for a drink. Uh, it looked pretty fun as well. I, I, I could assume for the guests. Yeah, pretending well, that you're looking yeah, for exactly. something. Like, nah, I'm just gonna find the lime wedge down. No, no, exactly, exactly. I'm sure it's here somewhere. Because you didn't want to show that you were actually trying to read the recipe of a drink. But uh, anyways, lab. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a huge list, and uh, we, we talked about it before. Um, that would take ages to decide on what drink you would like, but uh, I would argue that you kind of know what kind of drink you would go go for uh, once you go up to the bar or you're sitting in and uh, are about to order. So, but it's broken down. It's uh, uh, the, the supernova section, <laughs> which is uh, all drinks are made with ultra premium spirits, uh, and then we have the Lab Street Ahead, which is kind of more the experimental, uh, more. Uh, interesting daring at the time of course mm-hmm. uh, recipes 
then we have the the fruit caprinha section with a, a bunch of different uh, caprinhas with the with the fruits, kind of batidas, I guess. Uh, the Collins section, which is about twelve to thirteen variations of uh, of Collins. Uh, we have a shooter section, of course. Uh, I'm missing that. I don't see many bars doing shooter sections now, <laughs> nope. apart from the <laughs> the the shot bar in Hong Kong that we went to a few years back. <laughs> Geronimo's, the Visionary Lab, uh, which kind of goes hand in hand, I would say, with Lab Street ahead, or mm, yeah, it sounds like that. Breezes, there's a section for breezes. That's yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Juleps, huge, huge in the nineties. The julep section, the strange fruit section. I mean, strange fruits. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, but so basically, they have even though this menu is from the mid '90s, you can clearly see that the ambition was very high back then, and that they took great pride and ambition into the menu. Because I mean, I saw um, an interview with Dale DeGraw, for instance, mm-hmm. which when he spoke about how the the New York bar scene was like in the '80s, early '90s, and he was like, you know, the only the only bar that had a cocktail menu was like. The Waldorf Astoria, and they just kept oh. it in the bar to give to to European tourists, so they could have something to read, which is kind of funny. And looking yeah. at a bar in London at the time, they just ahead of its time, perhaps with a super super ambitious list. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's uh, this particular one is from the early two thousands, I think. And okay, yeah, and also another place which uh, had a, a pretty cool way of doing things was uh, the player. With the uh, yes. in-flight upgrades, the, the small like not fold-out menus, but pretty like you know the pocket menus, uh, and exactly the the kind of upgrade uh, system they had on drinks. Exactly, and they could easy generate upsells uh, to make more revenue for the bar. So you could choose your base spirits pretty much in the drinks, and you can choose from economy, business, or first class. I mean, I, yeah, I think that's a fun way of selling drinks as well because then it uh, makes makes it legit for for a, a premium, expensive bottle of whatever mm-hmm. to be in a drink. Yeah, and you just put it in the menu like that, and it's up to your customer. Instead of putting it for twenty five, twenty six, I don't know thirty dollars or you know three hundred Swedish crowns on in a menu, that would mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. silly. Now you get the the guest to decide that. Today's episode is presented by Royal Bliss Premium Mixers. Royal Bliss is a premium mixing brand from Coca-Cola. The Royal Bliss Premium Mixers range in Sweden currently includes tonic water, berry sensation, yuzu tonic water and ginger ale. Royal Bliss has taken the bar scene with storm and is now back on the market by popular demand. We also have some great news to share. In January... Royal Bliss will launch their brand new ginger beer in Sweden. So be sure to keep your eyes and ears open and don't sleep on it. Thank you, Royal Bliss, for supporting Bartender's Choice Awards. One bar, I think, which is worth mentioning is uh, Trick Dog in San Francisco. I mean, the... uh, the the craziness in terms of their menus that they've put out over the years is just spectacular. Uh, we had the pleasure of hosting them here in Stockholm for a small pop-up bar uh, back in 2014. Yep. And they created this menu, which they called the annual report. And yes. they presented every drink 
uh, in the form of a very, you know, boring, dry looking, <laughs> um, uh, what do you call it? Like diagrams, circle diagrams. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's it looked like a like, corporate company's uh, annual report. Uh, exactly. And they, documents. they, uh, they based those um, circle diagrams, etc., cetera, uh, in terms of... Uh, the balance uh, of ingredients, flavors, etc., which went into each drink. So, at first, when the guests opened the menu, they looked—I mean, they looked a little bit confused. <laughs> but then, when they, you know, when they understood and they got it, they were like, "Oh, wow, this is amazing!" And that's just a very dry type of humor, which is uh, which is brilliant. And I think M- Morgan Schick, he. He came up with that idea and he designed it, and it was just, uh, yeah, what a what a fun night. Yeah, it's a fun. I mean, these days I would say their their menus. I'm not sure how how many they're up to, but uh, probably fourteen, fifteen or more. Uh, they're like collectibles. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And, and they I, were I really loved the seven inch one they did. Yeah, they were they were kind enough to to bring over a few of their previous menus, and yep. we got to keep um, a copy of each. Um, the, the, the seven 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 inch uh, what, what, what do you call this catalog? Yeah, with seven inch vinyl yeah. records, uh, and you kind of take them out, and then the drink is is printed on the uh, on the uh, artist kind of a song uh, instead of the yeah the name of the songs yeah exactly, exactly. on the record which is a brilliant there are idea. Drinks it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a more of a hustle to to <laughs> to go through it, but uh, it, it's a bit <laughs> really fun idea, and if you're into music and you love. Love that thing. Uh, this will uh, make you smile. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure it was uh, the talk of the town um, when, they, sure. when they released that. And also the the Pantone menu they released, which looks like a um, you know exactly like a color pamphlet. If you're going into uh, uh, if you need to redo and uh, repaint your your home. And you're looking at the different color sections uh, at the store, you know. And like, yeah, I think even the, this, even the dr- I mean, it's a color spectra, right? And yeah. I think even the drinks were following that color spectrum. Exactly. Um, Quite amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you mentioned Artesian, and yeah, of course I guess they're massive budgets. Uh, we mentioned the tailor-made vessels for specific drinks. Uh, I remember that. Was it an ant? Yeah, the big ants. Um, and they had one one drink which was served in sort of a, uh, what do you call it, hot air balloon, which yep. is sort of held over your own head, and then you yes. drank it. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I have a picture of you actually drinking one of those. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the drink where, where the drink was actually behind a mirror, so when and the straw kind of went through the mirror, so when you were drinking... When we, you, you, you were drinking the drink, you were actually looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could be something for today's influencers, maybe. Yeah, I think that was a nod to to the sort of selfie era generation or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the, um, the the I mean the lesser known bar within the Savoy Hotel. I guess the American bar is the more famous one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the Beaufort bar. Yep. And they created a, this is quite recently, uh, they did a fold-up uh, slash a pop-up menu. Yes, they did. Just it's, like those that, old. And that got a lot of attention, I remember. Because they only made 1,000 copies of it, I think. Yeah, correct. And it's, when you folded it up, it's like one of those children's books where certain certain uh, parts of the page, illustrations, yeah, yeah. they sort of pop up. And so it's like yeah. a 3D uh, 
Yeah, uh, exactly. Version of it. That's fun as well. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I never, I didn't go there to to actually witness it um, live. No. I thought we were there. We went there, but I, I don't think they had a menu back then, did they? Oh, maybe not. No, I don't I think might so. I'm mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, just when the pandemic started, I was actually invited to go to uh, to Rome uh, to uh, the launch of the new humans menu at Drink Kong. Unfortunately, I, I I went to Orlando Airport and uh, I ended up, you know, not boarding the flight because I just got a push notification about the close down the entire school system in Italy, and I was Ooh, afraid I of. Of getting stuck there, so that was quite a bummer. I was really looking forward to that since the uh, the drink kong menu just before that was very uh, like abstract and mm-hmm. uh, and I think uh, the idea with that was just to go and trust your own intuition, intuition in, yeah. into the drinks because they were like vaguely described and a little. Mystique surrounding all the drinks oh, yes. in that was menu, definitely. which was really cool, and of course tasted amazing all of them that I tried. But yeah, I can't wait to uh, to go. Um, hopefully, that's going to be one of my first uh, trips when when we can start traveling a little bit more again to go to Rome and and try the new menu at Drink Kong. Um, what else do we have? Dandelion, of course. Yeah. Um, you, are you? They, they got quite a big uh, attention for the Botanica menu. Yeah, right? I was just thinking of that though, exactly, and how um, they b- built that drink menu on on uh, what do you say? Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> herbs, botanics. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, Mother Nature. We I think they launched that pretty close to when we had them over here. Also, we we were fortunate enough to to get. Uh, them over here for a guest shift two years ago um, um, which was just great because of their uh, massive success and busy schedule so um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was super fun um, another uh, amazing menu that I really uh, that caught my attention when when they released the first menu was from Pouring Ribbons in uh, Alphabet City in, in New York City. Yes, I agree. And they divided the drinks into, uh, what do you call those? Uh, uh, not parameters, but sort of, uh, and not diagrams No, either, but kind of shows but you scales. Whether almost. it's a refreshing, spiritous, uh, comforting, or adventurous. Exactly. And they had a, 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 a line between the words, let's say. Refreshing, spiritous. Exactly, and then they could point point out on that line between like the words, dot. yeah, yeah exactly. to sort of give you an idea of uh, of where the drink was, uh, uh, how refreshing <laughs> or spiritual or adventurous mm. or comforting it would be. Yeah, I hope that oh, makes sense. That. Sorry for mm. our uh, uh, <laughs> weird English. No, whatever, uh, but yeah. No, but that's a very smart way because then you kind of uh, for the guests to figure out. Uh, without give, too many questions maybe. yeah hopefully gives you a good understanding mm-hmm. and and as a bartender that could save you some time if you're if you're busy behind the bar if if you have a full bar you know the staff on the floor waiting tables that sort of uh, hopefully saves you some some time exactly um and then i think we mentioned or i did mention it before but 
any tiki menu uh, when it comes to the visual parts uh, because they're really good on visualizing all the drinks on the menu uh, and it's a thing in the tiki world. Oh yeah yes. and when, whenever I think about illustrations in menus I keep on going back to my first visit to Death & Co. Yes. Because the illustrations in, in that menu was just so beautiful like quirky and fun yeah and to me that was like wow this is like a historical beautiful cocktail book but served in in you know modern times like this it was just like perfect balance between you know the new contemporary and the the old historical so um a good i guess nod to the past and uh uh respecting traditions etc agree um yeah what else i mean if uh, just one menu that i think is a little bit fun is the holiday cocktail lounge in in st mark's place in new york as well which is kind of a neighborhood uh, fanzine ish mm. not magazine but maybe kind of a booklet magazine uh, that tells you a bit about profiles and, and the story about the neighborhood and then of course uh, incorporated with the drinks uh, it's kind of a fun takeaway thing. Yeah. Or I took it away anyway. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, and would you say, I mean, since both you and me were from the north of Sweden, from a smaller town, but like how conceptual can your uh, menu be? Like in, in big cities versus smaller cities, how narrow can you be? Um, yeah, I mean, with... with uh, more narrowed down concepts or what do you call it? <laughs> uh, more specific uh, nerdy uh, concepts as a, let's say, uh, a tequila and mezcal bar. Yeah, my well in, in New York yeah, is a exactly. good example. I mean, of course, that, that, will, that it works beautifully in a, in a city uh, like New York or London because it has the, the population uh, to fill a bar with a concept like that. But, you know, in a, in a small town where we're from, which is... Uh, the population is how many? 130, 40 mm-hmm. ish thousand people. A mezcal bar would be not super crowded, I would think. It would be harder <laughs> to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but they did a pretty, uh, a pretty amazing thing with open closed up north in Umeå, since that was actually like even more conceptual than I thought was possible. Yes, so they were I'm, I'm super happy very much, to you know, see. That that actually worked really well. Yeah, very much breaking and breaking that, the boundaries. Yeah, exactly, and that just shows that our our little subculture, uh, which is uh, craft cocktails, is growing with uh, consumers and guests. Oh yeah, and it's getting bigger. And uh, that that little uh, bar was uh, inside a deli shop. Oh, exactly. Yep, um, deli by day, bar at night. Um, Something that I also uh, something that occurred to me was that it took me a couple of years. But let's say when when I moved down to Stockholm uh, in two thousand and seven, I when looking back at the menus we worked with back then was very heavily orientated in like it was bartender cocktail menus made by mm. bartenders for mm. bartenders mm. because mm. we were sort of like trying to impress each other in the in the cocktail community about who has the stiffest drinks etc the the weirdest absinthe the the uh, most forgotten classics etc but we weren't really catering to no. our crowd uh, no I, I agree I agree that there was a time when 
when all that happened and you were the, the bartender community was uh, way ahead of uh, of uh, the the guests or potential you know consumers uh so that kind of uh, treat that problem that it was a little bit too difficult a little bit too uh, uh nerdy maybe or not nerdy but you know the, the flavors the drinks they were a little bit too tough too too ahead simply yeah some of the the drinks menus were too narrow and didn't really cater to the uh, to the to the broader public i guess but that has changed thankfully and now you can see a a, a better selection of drinks in menus I yeah think. i think uh, sadenic in uh, 28 hong kong street in uh, singapore S- yeah uh, said it once that uh, you really had to to know your identity and your soul of your bar and your customers to figure out exactly what what is good to to put on the menu or that what will sell and make everybody happy you know and then of course you know when you build a drink menu you you would need to have those nerdy drinks uh, to inspire yourself you know and uh, your peers in the industry of course as well but uh, then you need uh, some of those drinks that you know will sell a lot and maybe to yourself and to your fellow partners, that might not be the most exciting or revolutionizing, you know, <laughs> ingredients or techniques or whatever. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Nobis Hotel. We talked about it before, the uh, uh, strawberry basil smash. Exactly. That's like one of those drinks that just attracts clientele and guests, brings them to the bar, brings yeah. business to the yeah. bar. You're banging out those drinks. And with that, you can sort of attract people and lure them into to other types of drinks on your menu yeah, as yeah. well. Uh, a drink like that that sells that much will make time and, and money for uh, for prepping a, another fun drink that is a little bit more nerdy maybe or you know uh, you, you that will increase the <laughs> the money so you can uh, uh, just play around more uh, and, and spend more hours uh, that are of course paid for partners uh, on experimenting uh, other stuff. Absolutely. Um, another type of menu, which I think they won best cocktail menu in Sweden last year, was Hecht Advanced and their uh, their take on Tinder and dating because they uh, they had uh, uh, smartphones right. uh, yeah. and used them as menus. Yeah, they got and a they lot of attention, right? Created an app which looked pretty much identical to Tinder and they had the faces of, of various brands, brand ambassadors. And so you could swipe into different, you know, brand ambassadors and they had a drink each. So it was pretty much, uh, yeah, a, a Tinder. A, <laughs> uh, so it wasn't incorporated in the Tinder app. No, 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 no. So no, you no. could order a date and it, a drink. No. Uh, well, that would have been pretty <laughs> amazing, I guess. Perfect, perfect singles bar, <laughs> exactly. um, or dating spot to hook up with people. But that was just a very inno- innovative um, way of uh, incorporating the uh, what goes goes on in society and uh, doing uh, 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 an amazing take on that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we have the a comp- a company. I know what do you call that? <laughs> the the Chorget Films. That kind of supports the the drink menu. Yeah, I guess. In uh, social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, for for many years they've been doing absolutely amazing and very f- fun, humoristic, um, and good looking videos to sort of promote their 
drinks and promote their new cocktail menus. And I think that's one of the parts of their success story for making them, uh, what is it now, five straight years on, on the list of the world's 50 best bars. Yep, absolutely. So uh, that's, uh, that's uh, a smart way of doing it, of course. Then we have the Carrier Bar here in Stockholm as well. Um, building their menu around Monsieur Carrier, who yeah, was the founder of the bar or the hotel, actually. Yeah, and and just as, you know, the storytelling part of the of the menus of yeah, and his life, um, his life, and and uh, the story about the hotel and everything, and uh, transformed into drinks, which is uh, is cool. And I mean, I spoke about Dale de Groff earlier, and I guess. Uh, why he became uh, so successful was his storytelling. Apart from the obvious, of course, he made delicious drinks, etc., and he was a very skilled bartender. But he was perhaps ahead of his time when it came to the storytelling, and that mm-hmm. is just a, um, a very charming character. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I, just, I just saw yesterday when we were doing some research for this. Uh, Savoy, we mentioned Savoy before, but Savoy, the American bar, they had a, a songbook of 20 drinks, I think it was, uh, where the menu was built and the drinks were built on on all the uh, music that has been in the house, whether it's been celebrities or uh, musicians that has been regulars uh, or actual musicians that has played uh, at the American bar or at the hotel. Uh, so they kind of built the whole menu from that, you know, with personalities and, and, and specific songs and then they created menus with that from that inspiration so that was pretty mm, fun as well okay wow i like that yeah sounds cool great um but i guess it comes down to subjectivity and objectivity when it comes to menu like a good balance from that you know what will sell what gets your guests intrigued and, and excited and what get, gets you excited because you as a bartender uh, at a high-end bar, you will always be ahead with techniques and flavors and, and stuff like that. And then you will have to educate uh, your guests through the menu. So it has to be a good balance, you know, all, all the time. Agreed. I guess that's a, a pretty good conclusion to uh, to end with and wrap this up. I mean, l- the last episode was over one hour, um, so I hope we didn't bore you to death with that. We're going to keep this one a bit... <laughs> more short and sweet and once again um tomorrow sunday december 6th is the uh, the first time ever we're going fully digital with the bartender choice awards gala into the future yeah so uh please tune in to facebook live at 8 p.m central european time and uh follow the uh the very uh exciting event where we will crown this year's winners in all the different categories that we also now have covered in this podcast the bartender's choice yes and to everybody congratulations on the nominations and good luck on sunday tomorrow exactly thank you very much guys for listening uh please email us to podcast at bartenderschoice.se and uh We'll be back soon with a new series. We will be back soon with a new series. But uh, yeah, until then, take care. Enjoy your holidays. Stay safe and wash your hands and stay away from most of the people. (laughs) And enjoy a couple of delicious drinks when you can. For sure. Cool. Thank you so much, guys.
Peace Thank out. You, everybody. Thank you, Jacob. Skål. Skål. Ciao.